0: Welcome to episode 189 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. My name is Mel Urbacher. It's 2020, new year, same old me. I liked the me that was already around, so why bother changing? But I've got a new co-host this week, uh, well, new new to the week anyway, not new to the co-hosting couch, because he's been here before and did such a brilliant job those other times that we asked him back. And I would like to say welcome, talk, back to the co-hosting couch.
1: Well, hoo and uh, welcome, welcome to 2020. I hope you've got your party hat on and the party poppers going, a new year, new goals, new ambitions. Looking forward to it all. I am
0: so excited about the 20s. The last 20s looked like they were a hoot, basically. They had the best fashion, and I'm keen to bring the flapper dresses and gangster hats back. What do you reckon?
1: Oh, I'm I'm sensing a theme for a a dress-up run. I, I reckon I could get involved in that.
0: Nothing like a bit of tassels flashing around on a park run course, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about the shoes they had back then. though, How are they going to go for PBs? I, I'm not sure how that bit's going <laughs> yeah, to work. Might have to think our way through that.
0: I don't know. They could dance pretty quickly.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, I can't dance quickly, but I can run quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and, in fact, anyone I've probably ever danced with will probably tell you that I don't dance at all. Fair enough. Unless you count trying to emulate Peter Garrett a midnight as dancing. Some people consider that a dance form. Other people, not so. I'll run with it.
0: <laughs> Would your wife be in the not so party?
1: I reckon she probably. If we we're going to go out dancing, I reckon she'd be looking for some steel cap shoes.
0: <laughs> Good on you, Jackie.
1: Yeah, I am not light on my feet.
0: <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you back here joining me. Anyway, talk. It's been a uh, eventful, let's say, break, as it were, for the parkrun adventurers since our final episode of 2019, with the Christmas all
1: happening. It has Mel. We've had some real, um, some real highs and lows, and it's been a very interesting time in the parkrun world. And has we've had
0: the opportunity to parkrun at oh, a handful of parkruns since then and so let's let's go back talk and find out where you've been all these weeks of park running
1: where have i been right yeah i guess are we, are we starting back on christmas day if you park ran on christmas day why not okay well i didn't actually run i run directed at inverlock and we had an amazing turnout it was a one of those days, every year at Inverloch, it just gets better and better. It's the Parkrun family all coming together, um, big crowd, um, and the sun was shining. I, I know that always happens at Inverloch, except for your occasion. But um, yeah, we we had a big crowd for our Christmas Day, and it was a, a really great day. Um, after that one, we we went to Mount Beauty for the twenty eighth, and it's a Gorgeous park run up there. You run around a lake. The track's pretty well right on the lake edge. You know, you probably think to yourself, going to a mountain, Mount Beauty, it's going to be up and down a bit, dead flat. And it's a fast, great out-and-back course. Um, Lovely people, lovely views as you're running around. Just another crack of a park run.
0: Then it was on to the New Year's Day doubles. Where did you find yourself on New Year's Day this year, Toc?
1: Well, I, I should say, before I get onto to that, probably my highlight of Christmas for myself was my uh, middle son came down to Inverloch Park Run and did his 50th on Christmas Day. And I reckon that was just a really cool way of um, clocking up the 50. Um, you know, really proud dad moment, having the, the kids turn up and do the 50.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well done. Daniel,
1: Doc. Doc. <laughs> We've got a Doc. I went to school with a Doc, actually. I went to visit one once, but not as good. Yeah. And, and how did you finish off your year, Mel? Um, I did not park run,
0: nor did I volunteer on Christmas Day this year. We had just a bit of a logistical nightmare, basically, with family deciding where the location of Christmas was going to be, and yeah. Long story short, no Christmas for us this uh, – no Christmas for us. Well, that's what a little bit what it felt like. No, I shouldn't say that because my family might be listening somewhere down the track. Uh, no park run day for us this Christmas. So 25th was missed opportunity, unfortunately, for an extra park run. However, the 28th, we were back home to see out the year with the parkrun run uh, B course for Kawana Park Run and that's where we start on the beach, which is a little bit exciting for a lot of adventurers but not so for the locals. And uh, I was run directing that weekend and Adam actually used the opportunity to take the boys and try out the double pram himself for the first time down at Baringa Park Run because go on a park run on the stand, not pram friendly for a 40-kilo double pram with children on board.
1: Yeah, I've have seen the pictures. I think you'd be looking for the wide tyres on the pram to make it work.
0: Wide tyres, possibly some kind of hovercraft situation. Motor going on to levitate the whole vehicle above the ground. Yeah, it's it's. I would go so far as to say it's pram hostile. So <laughs> it's not just pram unfriendly; it's pram hostile. Something a bit different, anyway. And uh, yeah, but then
1: Um, from Mount Beauty, we we ventured on. We uh, were heading up to Canberra for our New Year's Day double. Um, So we made the road trip up to Canberra. And unfortunately, due to smog conditions, and we'll get onto that a little bit later, but due to smog, all the events across Canberra on New Year's Day were cancelled. So we, we did not get to run.
0: It was a shocker, wasn't it? I mean, not a shocker in that it was unexpected, but it's always disappointing when the weather and conditions beyond our control intervene and mean that people don't get the opportunity to park on when they had hoped to. Uh,
1: Mal, it was it was really the right decision too. The you could chew the air outside; it was that thick, and I, I really feel for the people up in right up the eastern seaboard that have have had those conditions, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was a was a great decision on the day. You you could not have run in it.
0: Yeah, and you weren't you're the only member of the news crew who found themselves in that situation. I believe there were three of you in ACT on New Year's Day who missed out on doubles, so that was a triple whammy for you guys. But as you say, absolutely the right decision, and you just can't do physical activity in those sorts of conditions. You're going to do more damage to yourself and it's not going to be enjoyable.
1: No, and, and when you look at the, the different websites and, and the advice for those days, yeah, and you look at what effects it has on the body, yeah, it's, it's definitely not something you want to be out in. Um, even even just going out for a coffee in it and just walking 100 metres up the street with, you know, eyes watering and throat getting sore just in 100 metres. So, you yeah, know, you just don't want to be out in those conditions.
0: You really feel for the locals, don't you?
1: Ah, oh, look, you now we we were visitors up there. Well, we were up there for a couple of days and then we we took off and i mean, back in Wanfagy today. We've we've got very heavy smoke. In fact, we've probably got a heavier level looking at the air quality ratings than Canberra has today. So, it's it's followed us down the eastern seaboard. And moving on from there, the following week on the 4th we moved down to, we were heading to Bright. We're going back to Bright, which is very near Mount Beauty. They're neighbouring park runs, but they were evacuated due to the fire threat. So we, we didn't go into Bright. We went to Vanilla Botanical Gardens, another lovely park run, big rose garden in the middle of it, uh, runs around a lake and down beside a river. Uh, they've got a rocket, a space rocket at the launch, at the at the start point, uh, we had a great day there, and it was Jackie's two hundred fiftieth. So the O'Connells had a really big New Year's.
0: Congratulations, Jackie! That's an awesome effort. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want to overshadow. That's a big milestone, but there's a rocket at
1: the at the start. It's a, a kids kids playground, and they've got this space rocket. If you have a look at their photos, it would stand about. 10 metres tall. It's a great thing right by the start line. You can see it for miles, so it's really cool.
0: Awesome. And and it's something that the kids can climb to the top of or it's
1: just purely... I don't think you can go to the top of it. I didn't. I should have gone and had a go at it. You should have. I didn't pay that much attention. We ran past it a couple of times and I looked at it and thought, that's cool, and kept running. <laughs> Where's the big kid Not in? Not many kids playing around at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> well. Wes would have given it a red hot crack, I can tell you that much.
1: Yeah, so, so that, was, that was our couple of runs. Yeah, Mel, park run for you, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Not, was, uh, what happened in your world on New Year's Day? New Year's Day was a completely different
0: experience for me than it was for you, Toc. We had an absolutely quality adventure. From start to finish, it was just brilliant. I was not in my home state of Queensland. We had travelled down on New Year's Eve to South Australia. We went to Adelaide to grab a couple of sneaky doubles while we were down there before, well, it was, it was the start of a family holiday for us, which uh, had been long anticipated and much awaited. And we had lined up Jubilee Way and Lockheel Park Run to do the double in Adelaide. Very excitedly, reached out a couple of days before we went down there because um, we're, we're somewhat challenged with the amount of carry-on that we can take with the boys. And not just actually, when you travel with small children, you're allowed to take a ridiculous amount of things. The problem with that is the two little people. Can't actually carry any of their own stuff. So if you take your designated amount of luggage, you're going to end up with more things than you can physically carry. So we we were sensible and tried to pack the least amount of things possible. That meant that we didn't take either of our two running prams, but we did we do have a a little travel pram that actually folds down and fits into overhead baggage. So you can take it on flight with you, which is great. It counted as one of the boys' carry-on, but, of course, we push it around right to the last second. So it's not something you have to travel, like, carry, and it ends up carrying half the other heavy stuff for you anyway. Um, But it did present a little bit of a challenge for us parkrun-wise because, obviously, we either need to push them both, in the double pram, or somebody ends up carrying, and by somebody, it's always me. Adam has not once done a parkrun with either of the boys in the carrier. Um, so to save my back, I posted in the unofficial South Australian parkrun Facebook group, and so I posted in there asking if anybody may have a spare pram that they could lend us and was going to be in the vicinity of either of those events on new year's day and literally within i think it was 10 minutes it was sorted you know um we had people putting their hands up and saying yep i can bring it to this event um i've got another one if you want a different one for the second event or you know that that people were lining up basically to um help us out which was just amazing and it's another example of the wonderful community the extended parkrun family that they're willing to help out strangers um, who want to have a crack at a parkrun when they're traveling which was absolutely awesome thank you so much janet and christy we really appreciate your kindness and to everybody else who offered as well i mentioned it was a quality adventure melissa alice was actually doing the double down that way as well. And she ended up walking with me, which was awesome. And she's got a photo of me in my ugly Christmas singlet with the koala on it, taking a photo of a koala.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: <laughs> so it's it's got uh, we're wishing you a quality adventure on the back <laughs> while I'm taking a photo of a koala up in a tree. So that was Oh,
1: that's cool. really cool. Yeah.
0: And PK managed to make it along to Lockheel too, which was very cool. And what else? Oh, my gosh, there was so much. We also got to to meet uh, Park Run Adventurer listeners, Path and Irene and Chantelle, and spend time with them out on the courses. They were doing the doubles as well and having a great time. And so it's, it's one of those moments where we were aware of the other events that had to cancel and felt terrible for you guys for missing out on the fun and adventures, but still really appreciative that we got to have those ourselves as well. It was bittersweet.
1: But that that's where you're wrong, Mel. We, we did have an adventure on New Year's Day, even though Park Run got cancelled. Park Run's about more than the run, it's about the coffee. <laughs> we still had coffee. Um, Mount Ainsley was the second event that most people were going to finish up at, which is just in behind the War Memorial. They have the cafe there, Poppies. Uh, Poppies had organised Extra staff to come in, anticipating the New Year's Day crowd. And so everyone decided to go for breakfast anyway. So we still had about 60 park runners get together, most of them in park run shirts. And it's probably the first time on a day where all the park run shirts have turned up dry and not park fresh. They were, they were <laughs> still in good nick. Um, but um, yeah, we had about 60 people go into poppies for breakfast. And it almost rivaled probably the experiences of the likes of Mount Gambia where you go to the metro and you're there for half a day. You know, we were there at Poppies for a couple of hours, and even though we hadn't done a park run, everyone just sat around and talked about park run. And we had a great time. And there were so many of the the regular people and the people that you, you know of um, that were there. It was just – you can go anywhere in the park run world – And there's just fantastic people out there. And you can sit down and have that coffee and you've got a shared experience. And, yeah, it was a great morning. So, yep, we missed out on a park run, but there was a lot of people missing out on a lot of other things. But we got our breakfast with our park run friends, which was really fantastic.
0: Oh, that's awesome to hear, especially that uh, given poppies had put on extra staff to accommodate the anticipated larger crowd, I guess, and, and you're still able to go along and support them. That's that's really, really cool.
1: It was actually pretty funny, Mel. I've turned up at Men Ains and I've walked over to the start line and it was very smoggy. And I've got over there and there was about four people at the start line. I thought, oh, no, no one's come for breakfast after all this. But all the smart ones, because it was smoggy, they just went straight to breakfast. They didn't go to the start line because parkrun wasn't happening. They went straight for the coffee. So. Yeah, no, that'll work very well.
0: <laughs> well, my other my other parkrun days since then have not been exactly according to plan by any means.
1: But they're an adventure, Mel. You had an adventure.
0: Yes, ad- yes, adventures were had. <laughs> um, some adventures I could actually well do without. Some might call them misadventures. Um, okay, so I am about to break the fourth wall or <laughs> I'm not even sure if it is a fourth wall in podcasting. Um, peeling back the curtains, as Scotty would say. I did give talk the big rundown of the whole misadventure that was our time on Kangaroo Island, but it went for a very long time. Not exaggerating when I say it was the longest intro I have ever recorded in the history of the pod, and at more than an hour, I didn't think you guys would really want to stick around for that. So I have re-recorded this little bit, which (laughs) it's the short version, so bear with me. This is the short version and uh, we'll, we'll head back to the normal stuff with me and talk shortly. So many people, if you watch news the world over, would be aware of the total devastation that is currently being caused by fires across the country in Australia at the moment. People watching or reading the news are likely to have seen that Kangaroo Island off the coast of South Australia, is one of the areas that has been hit in recent weeks. Um, On the 2nd of January, Adam and myself left Adelaide with the boys and caught a ferry from Cape Jervis to Penishaw on KI to begin our planned six-day adventure on the island, which was going to include Kangaroo Island Park Run, as well as taking in all the wonder and glory of the place, which is known for its beauty and its abundant wildlife and its stunning national parks and beaches. So let, let me give you some background on KI, as informed by Wikipedia. On with me now, they call this Park Run-pedia, So, guys, I'm pinching a little bit of your stuff. Um, the island is approximately 145 kilometres long from west to east and between about a K and 54K from its narrowest to widest north-south points. Its area covers 4,405 square kilometres, and it has a coastline 540 kilometres long. Remember that, 540 kilometres. As at the 2016 census, KI had a population of 4,702 people, And it's the third largest island in Australia after Tasmania and Melville Island, covering 4,405 square kilometres or 1,701 square miles for our overseas friends. So it isn't small, okay? And to give you some context to the geography of events that happened while we were over there, Uh, The fire began and was primarily located at the western end of Flinders Chase National Park. Now, that was before we got there. The ferry terminal is at Pennashaw on the eastern end and is about 100 kilometres drive from the accommodation we were staying at, which is located in the centre and on the north coast of the island near a place called Stokes Bay. On our day of arrival, at any given time, we were probably about 50 kilometres from the Um, But this changed significantly over the next 24 hours after we arrived. So I said the short version. (laughs) The short version of our story is that we had a somewhat stressful first night stay, keeping up to date with the fire warnings and movements as much as we could with, at best, severely limited phone service. Um, We might have had, you know, like one bar if we moved to a certain place out on a hill, sort of cliffside. Friday the 3rd of January was forecasted to be a scorcher reaching 38 degrees Celsius and with winds that would create extremely difficult conditions for the fireys who were battling blazes that had already been burning on the island for weeks, Um, about Midarvo on Friday, a fellow tourist staying near us came and knocked on our door to check that we knew what was going on and to inform us of the latest updates about the level of alert from local police who they had met on the road. Bless her. Um, it's so lovely to see people so concerned for other people's well-being and you don't take risks in these situations. So we tuned into the local radio station who which we should have probably done earlier given the terrible signal that we were experiencing with our phones and trying to get updates through the CFS and stuff. But anyway, we we finally did tune into the local radio station who were already playing the alert messages every 15 minutes and they were strongly encouraging everyone to leave while they could before the forecasted changes to the wind direction put us in the direct line of danger. They were directing people to safer places, which at that point were Kingscote and Penashore. So from Stokes Bay, we evacuated to Kingscote, which is the largest town on the island. And it's a 42 kilometer drive east from where we were staying. Uh, We had a very short amount of time to take action and leave before it was going to be too late to do so. The radio warnings the, they all start with an alarm which is very scary to hear it gets your blood pressure going up immediately and they use terminology so that you know they're not messing about like literally direct quote is radiant heat from the fire will kill you not could kill you not might kill you will kill you so they don't they don't mess around um The roads were already closed to incoming traffic by this stage. So the road that we got out on, we passed, we had to drive around road closure signs because they didn't want anyone in there because it was in the emergency zone. Um, And we were basically very lucky or, you know, it was smart that we heeded the advice and got out when we did because there were other people that were not so lucky. Um, I, I'm not actually going to go into any more detail about our personal evacuation. Uh, (laughs) TOC did a great job of being my therapist when we recorded this originally and I was emotional, but it, it, yeah, I'm not going to go into it again. I I already feel my heart palpitating just thinking about it. Um, It was an ex- it was an extremely stressful, emotionally charged, and distressing time. And even now, I'm still I'm still processing it all. So um, I want to thank everyone on the island, our locals and the, and the tourists, for looking out for each other. That. Country Fire Service and the KI community were amazing. We were especially grateful um, for information provided to us by the KI Parkrun team um, who who gave us the details to contact the lady in charge of the emergency accommodation at the recovery centre and to receive the generous offer of a place um, to stay from a lovely couple in Kingscote when we had nowhere to go after leaving the immediate area of danger. Um. With tourist accommodation options already full, uh, there there was no space left on the ferries leaving the island on Friday. Um, The thought that had crossed our minds that we could end up sleeping in our car with the boys. So to be offered a safe haven was worth more than I can say and we are truly indebted to Graham and Leslie who opened their home to us, complete strangers Um. Scarily, the danger increased into the night on Friday and even the easternmost parts of the island were put on alert and encouraged to evacuate to safer places, which is particularly scary when you're on an island and there's nowhere left to go. Okay, so fortunately, the weather conditions did improve later in the night uh, and we all remained safe, which is the most important thing. There were extensive road closures across the island on the following days and and many of those are still in place now. But thankfully, we were able to get a place on one of the first ferries back to the mainland on Sunday morning. It's a bit of a catch-22 situation being a tourist on an island going through what they are. So on the one hand, you want to help wherever you can and support the businesses with your tourist dollars, which we did as far as we could on the Saturday. But on the other hand, you don't want to contribute to putting strain on resources which could and should be dedicated to the firefighting and the recovery efforts. So there's guilt. There's guilt either way you look at it. Um, Kangaroo Island Park Run was more than understandably cancelled on Saturday the 4th. Happily, however, they did run again last weekend on the 11th of January as it was safe to do so. And Tessa and the team there recognized that offering a place for the locals to come together and enjoy a little slice of normalcy during their difficult times is an important thing for the community. So well done to the team for being there and offering a friendly and welcoming place for people to move and talk together. Um, uh, Some park runners went along and actually took a bit of a video and you might have seen that on the BBC News and it was just wonderful to see. Um, Two weeks on, the ravine fire, as it it is known on the island, um, is still burning on KI. So as at the CFS's latest report issued on the 16th of January, 2,112 square kilometres, or 816 square miles, has been burned. That is 50% of the island. And I I just grabbed a couple more stats from their latest report. The fire perimeter is 612 kilometres. So you remember a little while ago when I told you to remember a number from the, um, what do you call it, The coastline, okay, the coastline of KI is 540 kilometres long. The perimeter of the fire, obviously it's not just around the coast, it's inland too, is 612 kilometres. 32,000 livestock have been lost. Most of those were sheep. 89 dwellings destroyed, 296 outbuildings destroyed, 276 vehicles destroyed, 500 people approximately are housed in the base camp, including international assistance from New Zealand. 200 farm fire units are actively working on the island. So these guys, the people that live there, they had some terrible fires uh, years ago as well. I think it was 2007. Um, So this is an island that is prepared You know, the the signage for safer places, the signage for last resort refuges is all excellent. Um, They've all got plans in place and they have got farm fire units who are used to protecting their properties. But all those other things have still been lost despite all that. And there's 63 firefighting vehicles and aircraft, including three fire bombers and two observation aircraft have been assisting in the efforts as well. The number of wildlife thought to have perished has not been estimated with any precision as yet. Um, the fires are ongoing, obviously, and in the national parks, so there are just areas they can't access to even begin to take stock of what's lost. Um, our hearts go out to the locals, human and wildlife alike, who have been and continue to be impacted most, some with the loss of their lives and for the wonderful fireys and emergency services doing everything they can to bring the fires under control and protect everyone, as well as the army who have gone in to help with our recovery efforts. It's very early in the bushfire season and these guys aren't going to get a break soon and we're we're already seeing lots of cancellations for park runs. If you're a tourist, or an adventurer, please don't put pressure on events not to cancel or, you know, contact them in the days leading up to see what the likelihood of cancelling is going to be. They're going to keep everyone informed, okay? So please bear in mind they've got a lot more important things going on right now in their homes and their lives. So just bear with them and keep an eye on the social media pages for their advice and just let them take the time they need to get that to you um okay now yeah now we're gonna put the fourth wall back up and we're gonna go back to talk I promised you that was the short version so I apologize it, it went a little bit longer than I expected
1: so Mel I think the biggest thing that uh, we could take out of these fires and they've they've been really terrible we've seen so many communities affected but as adventurers, I reckon the really great thing that we can do out of there is is keep away from the areas until they're safe to go in. We don't want to add any extra pressure onto our our local fire services and our the local even the water boards that are trying to get sewer and water up and going. But let's let's keep out of those areas until it's safe. But but once they are safe, I reckon as adventurers, one of the great things we can do is we can go into these towns and we can support the smaller businesses in there. You know, go into some of our holiday destinations that are going to be very quiet for a while because of these fires. Go into the town, do some shopping in the town, get a meal, fill up the car with a bit of fuel, even stay if there's some places that are around that you can get into. And I think that sort of support is going to be really critical uh, for these towns to move forward.
0: Absolutely. It will be a big part of the recovery and, of course, Get your park run done while you're there. You know, have your park run adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're missing a key element there, talk.
1: There's some sensational locations out there that have been fire affected and I think some of those places are really going to welcome the park runners back in, you know, but wait till it's safe to, to go into them. You know, don't go jumping the gun. You know, let the places get the fires out and get re-established and then we can really help the smaller towns out and even some of the bigger towns out
0: agreed definitely and yeah it's it's not difficult to become educated about whether or not it's a good or a bad time to to enter a place you know if if there are active alerts you know maybe stay away that's that's always a good uh, indicator that it's possibly not the best time to be traveling there for your safety as much as the other the safety of everybody else who's also there so um, no that's a really good Great point that you make there, Toc. And look, we've seen so many wonderful examples of generosity, and and the way that these fires have touched the lives of park runners is rippling out through our park run community in ways that you mightn't have even considered. You know, I mean, just a, a couple of examples. Um, Mark Scarborough, one of our Channel 5 News crew, he organized through his Um, contacts to get pallets of fresh water out to local fire services to have. And Melissa Ellis, another one of our mainstays here on the team, she is actually in the Army Reserves who have been called up. And she is stationed at the moment at Pakapunyal Base whose closest parkrun is Yuroa, which is 41 minutes away, but she's not allowed off base during our operation to attend parkrun. But these are the sorts of things that parkrunners are doing to help in general the fire affected communities and as well as you know the the physical donations and the monetary donations and things that I know people have been doing there've been a lot of people who have been running and donating a certain amount of money per kilometer that they've been running in virtual runs and things like that recently it's really overwhelming and heartwarming to see the response of of the Australian population and even the global population to to the situation we have here because it is very easy to become desensitized I think you know we, we're seeing it we've been seeing it for a long time months now we've been seeing fires in our news and oh you know another day another fire but these are real people and these are real communities that are being impacted and losing lives and the lives of wildlife and beautiful nature reserves and just wonderful areas of our country are being lost on an hourly basis, not even just a daily basis anymore. The magnitude of it cannot be quantified in in a single sentence and it's, it's going to continue for a long time. So, yes, recovery is going to be a big part of our future and adventurers have a very important part to play in that.
1: And I, I think, Mel, we're seeing those great examples from, from some of our regular adventurers. But I'd also just really like a heartfelt thanks to the the park runners out there that are volunteer firefighters or volunteer support or welfare people behind the scenes because they're really holding this country together at the moment. I think, you know, we owe just a great deal of gratitude to those people. They're going above and beyond in these challenging times and you know we're only just at the start of January, so you know, thanks to those people. We've
0: got a lot of heroes um, in our midst and we don't even know it.
1: We do. And then just not the uh, ones that wear Superman costumes to park run. They're out there in reality.
2: Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Melissa here, and I'm coming to you from the very new Wallaby Track Parkrun. I've got with me Lorinda, co-event director of this brand new event. Good morning, Lorinda. Morning. How are you going? I'm good. How have you gone today with your event? Yeah, it's been really good. I haven't got the
3: exact finishes yet. The tail has just walked over the line. But um, yeah, it's been really exciting and really good feedback. What a, what's the indication in numbers, roughly? Uh, it looks like we might have gone to about between 150, 160.
2: Okay. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Would you like to describe
2: your lovely track for us?
3: Okay, so our lovely track is in a bit of a bush setting. We start, um, it's got some undulations I suppose. Uh, We've got a hundred a metre, 120 metre sorry, tunnel that you get to run through which is nice and cool on a day like today where it's quite warm. And um, yeah, it runs along the edge of a creek, the Yarrawee Creek in Ballarat, which is quite pretty.
2: And it's Ballarat's second park run, isn't it? It is.
3: It is Ballarat's second, which is very exciting. Okay, so what? how did it come to be? How did it come to be? Basically, um, Bruce Purdy, who is our event ambassador, had been looking for a second park run in Ballarat for a while. And my husband suggested to him that um, this would be a great track to have a park run on. And then the rest is history. Bruce just approached us and said, well, let's do it. And we approached council and they were really supportive. And here we are. That's really good. So have you got a long history with Parkrun? What's your story? My story is I was very hesitant to start Parkrun. My husband and my um, two boys... Had started running parkrun weekly, and they really wanted me to come along. And my husband told me I had to do it for the kids, as they do mum guilt you into doing things. And my very first parkrun, I can remember exactly where it was. I stopped and I looked at my husband and said, "Don't you ever ask me to do this again?" In, while I was in tears. Anyway, now I've done 130 parkruns, and as you can see, I've launched our own parkrun as well. So it's um, changed my life. It's um, changed our family's life. We go to parkrun when we're on holidays. It's just a great community and it's really fun to do and it's a great way to get out and exercise.
2: And now you've got your own baby parkrun. We have our own baby
3: <laughs> parkrun, that's a good way of describing
2: it. And I noticed there's a local market here. Is that monthly market?
3: Yep, so the market's on once a month and um, yeah, it's really good. We've worked in with them so that um, they know when we're going to be around and they might have extra coffee vans or extra staff in the coffee vans so people can get coffee straight away. And they've got, I've seen a few people grab sausages and things for Brecky, so that's really exciting too.
2: And quite unique that you got to start um, on the very last park run of, well, it's not the last park run of the year, is it? They, no. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it is. is.
3: It is. Yep. And you're going to be doing the double. Yes, yeah, so we're doing the double with Ballarat Park Run, which is very exciting. So we're at 8 o'clock and Ballarat at 9 9.30, which is really, really good because you don't have much time to travel and stuff. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Yes. I did love that tunnel. That's
2: very unique. It is cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep.
2: All right. Well, thanks very much for talking to me today. No worries. And all the best for the future of Wallaby Track. Thank you. Okay, so now I'm with Natalie Harrison. How are you, Natalie? I'm well, thank you. I've just noticed, or it's been
4: drawn to my attention, your beautiful tutu that you've worn today. Would you like to explain what's going on here with this tutu? Okay, so this I made for Sunbury's 100th, um, and it's a tutu and it's got all the colours of the Parkland Milestones. Plus it's got the volley colours, so we've got some purple and orange. the apricot and the red. Yeah. Black, purple, white for the Junior Tens. Yeah, I've so it's got every milestone. Even the blue, oh, and the the two fifty green. Yeah, so um, yeah, this is my special tutu that I wear well for launches. <laughs> and how did you find the event today? Oh, I absolutely loved it. It was an absolutely gorgeous course. Um, loved the tunnels and um, it's an awesome parkrun. Love it. That's Be back awesome. for sure. How many? So what's your journey with um, Parkrun? How many different events have you done? Do you stay at home mostly? Mostly stay at Sunbury, um, but lately I've been trying to get out and about and um, I've been to three launches this year, um, Aurora and Goldfields. this is my third here. Uh, hoping to do some more touristy parkruns in the new year. So, Sunbury is my home. Oh, very good. So, you've been bit by the tourist bug. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Though, what I love about it is catching up with all the tourist community when you come out to these events. Yeah. So, you know, it's a real big catch up for us. It is, and you get to see some familiar faces and catch up, and, you know, with these guys like Brendan and Bruce and yourself and a few other familiar faces. It's yeah. awesome. thanks for talking to me.
5: Thank you. (laughs) G'day everyone, it's Cameron here. Happy New Year. I'm down at the beautiful Dawesville Park Run on New Year's Day. Magnificent day for it, 7.30 start, run right along the estuary, couldn't ask for anything better. Let's see if anyone would like to talk to me. G'day everyone, I'm here with Mitch. Now Mitch, today was a bit of a special day for you for a couple of reasons, what were they? Oh, this was my first park run. Excellent, and how'd you find park run today? Yeah, really fun. Um... Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. I noticed you absolutely smashed it. Yes. What uh, What prompted you to give Parkrun a go on New Year's Day? Uh, well, I've um I've got a race coming up in a few months' time and um started just training for that. Oh. And I've seen the like the stamps on the floor around here. Yeah. So I just thought, oh, what's this? And I googled it and seen that it was on today because I was doing this yesterday and thought, yeah, I'll give this a go. Oh, I only live locally, so. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So you're going to come on Saturday as well? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great! Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks very much for chatting, and uh, I hope to see you around sometime. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm here with the run director and event director, Lynette. Lynette, how are you going today? Good, thank you. How was today's event?
2: Excellent. It's gone, like, great for our very first New Year's Day one.
5: Oh, this is a, uh, a fantastic turnout today. Now, what was event? is event number 248. I'm very yes. jealous of your sandwich board there. <laughs> so you've got a, a special event coming up soon?
6: Yeah,
2: two weeks time we're 250th park run
5: oh fantastic and instead of cake we're going to have fruit fruit yes. i love fruit well thanks for the quick chat no lynette and uh, i'll speak to you later if not come down another time
2: yes thank you Excellent. we'll
5: see you in five g'day everyone cameron here once again and i'm here with some lovely ladies at dawesville Do- and what's your name and where are you from and how'd you get started in park run just quickly
3: i'm jenny oh, i run at Maylands. Peninsula Park Run and my husband got me into it.
5: Oh, dragged you into it. Well done.
6: Yeah. Uh, Fiona, I'm from Maylands as well and I got into it when a friend of mine dragged me along in December 2012.
5: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, to
6: Claysbrook, which had only just started at that stage. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, my name's Robin and um, I started in 2012 too. My old boss John Story, he said come along to Park Run and I've been there ever since.
5: Fantastic. And how did we find today's Park Run, ladies?
6: Good. Yeah, I like this one. It was a bit tricky because we had a bit of a headwind going out and I thought, oh, that'll make it easy on the way back, but it dropped. So, oh, never mind.
5: Run with the wind it's always and you good. suddenly get no breeze.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. run. I'm a bit
4: tired because I did New Year's Eve run last night.
5: Oh, <laughs> was that before or after celebrations? Before. Oh, before. Well, ladies, lovely talking to you and I hope to see you again in
7: approximately an hour and a half at Tamworth.
5: We will yep. see you there. See yeah. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. you Bye. Thank you.
7: Hi, this is Carth and Irene from the Greater State and the greatest park Run Westerfolds Park Run.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
7: Bringing in 2020 here at Lockheel Park Run. Um, we've decided to turn the tables and interview the podcast crew. So big hello to Melissa E, Erbecker, <laughs> Melissa Alice <Hello. laughs> and PK. G'day. and
8: happy New Year to all of you.
7: <laughs> oh, and baby Emmett.
9: Yay, that's
8: right. <laughs> Hi, it's Path here. That was Irene doing the intro. Uh, Happy New Year. We've got some questions for you guys, so let's see how we go. Uh, Hi, PK. Mal, Mal. It's a privilege to... Actually, it's a privilege to meet all you guys in person, all in the one place at the one time. What's been your highlight of today?
10: It was a koality adventure. It was a koality oh, adventure. Idea. I didn't even know it was a koality adventure until I saw the photos that Mel showed me that there were actually koalas here at Lockheel. So, I mean, I know they usually are, but I hadn't actually seen them. G'day, it's PK, by the way. Hello. Hello. <laughs> not not <laughs> Melissa E.
8: What about you, Melissa E? Ellis? What's been the highlight of the day?
4: I think the koalas, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was either that or the wine Janet gave us. I know,
7: oh I yes, went. no, that was the that yeah, was the it's highlight. Look, will have
4: champagne. You. Yeah, <laughs>
10: who knew? I'm just I'm just glad I survived on four hours sleep. But anyway, and that's not because self inflicted or anything. Just you know, various reasons for um, a rather mad New Year's Eve. But now, hey, 2020, Ooh. it's all good. If only had 2020 vision, I would have I would have known about this. Hey, we've be.
8: got some 2020 vision glasses. Maybe we need to leave oh, some good. with yes. you. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, have you featured? on an interview of yourselves before? Ooh. Yes. Yes. You have? You have? You have? You? Yeah. I think
10: oh. you interviewed
0: Scotty and I yes. at Noori Parkrun in Adelaide. In Adelaide. Well, in South Australia a couple of years ago. 2017
10: that was, you're right. Gosh. Don't you love the uh, background noise. Oh, The background, maker,
8: uh, the background maker, yeah. Ice. The blender. Well, the at blender noises are nice. We're, you know,
10: we're at the or best part of Parkrun. Right. Of
8: course. We're having coffee in the garden. The golf.
7: most important of Parkrun right. experience is the
8: brunch. Yeah. That's it. What about Ellis? Melissa, Ellis.
2: Have you Malalis. featured in... No, I've never been interviewed. Oh, really? No, I don't think so. Is this the
8: first time you've been interviewed? Oh, probably. Oh, my goodness. I'm there you go. We've made you famous yeah. now. <laughs>
2: We've you made you special? even more famous now. I feel very special. There you go. I'm sure you've been interviewed before. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I was on the podcast as the quiz, but that wasn't it. Oh, an
10: of course. That's right. Yeah, and my and my daughter interviewed me for yeah. the most recent episode. We knew that last indeed, week. indeed, yes. So uh, the Christmas one, <laughs> because I had to find someone wearing a singlet, and it was me.
8: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, that would have worked singing? out. Where the on? <laughs>
11: Take well, you. well done. Thank you. you.
8: <laughs> so we'd love to know about your um, New Year's goals. Can each of you let us know one of your New Year's goals? Go for it. say, let's you start first.
2: One. Okay, so uh, my goal for this year is to get to New Zealand and do a park run over there.
8: Oh, that's wow. wonderful. What about you, Rebecca? I
0: have up. not actually set my goals yet. I have. So my first goal is to set some
10: goals.
8: For <laughs> <laughs> I
5: love
10: it. What about you, Pika? I um, oh, just to run more, far and to get back down closer to my PB. So. And um, what's your PBA Uh 24, 27, but I'm like only on, my best would be 27 at the moment. Today, I think I did 38. So, yeah. yeah, just trying to get out there and run more and and look after myself more and have more me time, I suppose.
8: Oh, good on you, PK. Yeah. What
7: about yourself, Path? Yeah.
8: What, oh, what no, are no, your no. goals? One yeah. of my goals, actually, one of my goals is to do 50 freedom runs in 2020.
7: Oh, Wow. Wow, that's very cool.
8: And what about you, Irene? Yeah.
7: Um, one of mine is to become an ac totori, totori, Because we're already, Mel E and myself and you are all Victorian states people. So how many yeah.
10: e parkruns are there in ACT? Shall we know? There's I think eight. there are nine at the moment.
7: Oh, no. Right. no, there's eight, and I think there's going to be nine because there's another one coming yeah. up. If right. I'm allowed to mention
12: that, Very I nice. don't know.
8: <laughs> <laughs> and if there's one, there one message you'd give to the listeners of Parkrun Adventures podcast, what would that be PK?
10: Uh, it would be um, just keep on keep on park running because uh, we know how awesome it is and how wonderful it is to meet new people, especially you guys. It's been lovely to meet um, some of the some of the listeners um, and uh, yeah, and just um, see how obvious your passion for park run is. So, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's my message.
8: Thank you, Melissa yeah. Ellis.
10: What
8: about yourself? Make a new
2: friend every week when you go to park run. Go and oh, speak to so somebody cool. that you don't already know and yeah. Uh, yeah, learn their name and make a friend.
8: Good on you, that's Melissa. Nice. Back a message.
0: Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.
8: Yeah, yeah I like it. Well, done. well, guys, thank you so much for being part of this fun little interview, yeah. and we look forward to seeing you
1: wherever next time. Yeah, and thank yeah. you for um, the
10: opportunity.
7: That's and great. we'll probably catch up with you at Palm Twenty. Yeah, bring on yes. Palm Twenty, Mar- Mount Barker. I believe. Yeah, that's
10: it, March, March the seventh.
8: There you go. Look forward to catching up now. then. My All right, and thanks, and guys. That's thanks really, really say, yeah. great. Yeah, thank you. Stuff.
13: G'day, Park Run Adventurers. It's the G Train again here. Um, this morning I'm at uh, Downsview Park Run in Toronto. I uh, did the run earlier. Uh, it was quite a nice run, very flat uh, but undulating. Lovely course in uh, downtown Toronto. And now I'm just doing a lap with uh, Jemima, the tailwalker, and I might get her to tell you a bit about the history of Downsview Park Run.
6: Hi. So today is our 14th park run. So there's a core group of about five or six people who are responsible for this new park run in downtown Toronto. Um, and yeah, we've started off really well in, this, in sort of September with about 60 people. We've been averaging about 30, 40 people ever since. But today's been a really good turnout, I think we've had quite a few tourists from the UK, from Washington DC, Australia. It's um, so really great to see some tourists and also had quite a few new park runners as well. Um, good conditions today. Sometimes this can be a bit icy but nice and clear and good weather. Um, yeah.
13: Given that Downsview is the only park run in the City of Toronto itself with uh, Toronto being the capital city of the province of Ontario and also the largest city in in Canada and it's also with the Greater Toronto Area is the fifth largest city in North America. Um, given those conditions um, what do you think the growth of uh, Parkrun in Toronto itself will be like?
6: So there's definitely great running communities in Toronto. So my husband Lawrence it's part of a running club downtown. Um, and we have quite a lot of friends that are part of um, running clubs like Black Toe and Run To Beer. So they've all been out. Um, there's a real desire to have one closer to the sort of actual city downtown. Um, so we're, you know, trying to look at new new areas um there isn't a lot of sort of park area, but very optimistic we've we've had a lot of encouraging signs um from some of the councillors and we're really hoping that not only to maintain Downsview because we've now got great you know sort of local community here as well but to be able to open up further or more down, park runs downtown as well
13: that sounds fantastic, so I think that uh You know, the future's looking good for Park Run in Toronto and for Canada itself. And I think the thing about this park is that, although it's a bit of a bleak winter's day here, the temperature's sort of somewhere around, uh, hovering, I guess, somewhere between 0 and 4 degrees with a little bit of a wind. Um, But uh, the trees are all bare at the moment because of, uh, obviously, it's winter. But I think in summer it'll be spectacular. Um, Have you run events here yet in summer? I guess you haven't. So it was
6: towards the very end of the summer, so yeah, it was beautiful and green, blue skies. Uh, It was quite warm because there isn't a lot of cover um, on this particular path. Um, But there's a lovely pond with some great fountains that are only on during the summertime. The autumn was spectacular. All of the trees, which you can obviously see, were all red and yellow um really really beautiful time of year to come and visit Toronto um and yeah now I mean when it's when it's snow although a lot of people don't want to be <laughs> running when it's that cold when it is snowy that's also a really beautiful time to come as well um might be able to see a coyote
13: oh well we missed that today <laughs> although I'm just uh, looking now I can see uh, a bird up there might be might be some sort of a woodpecker, but no, it looks a bit too small. Anyway, i will have to pull out the bird book later and have a look. Well, we're almost at the finish line again now, so I think we'll uh, wrap this up for the moment, but uh, I'll uh, tune back in when we're having a coffee. Thanks, Jemima.
6: Thank you. Bye.
13: Oh, okay, then. Well, we're now having a coffee afterwards, and um, what's this place called? Coffee time? Coffee time. Coffee time. Coffee time. It's a uh, it's bit of a backup plan today, but uh, that's okay. And I'm with uh, Lawrence, who's one of the uh, core team members here at Downsview Park Run. And he's also got an interesting side role too as one of the social media ambassadors for Parkrun in Canada. So maybe I might get him to tell us a bit about that role.
9: Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. So I, I first moved uh, to Canada two years ago from London. So my old home Park Run was, was Kingston in, in southwest London. Um, and when I came over to uh, Canada uh, I realised two things. Number one, there wasn't actually a park run in Toronto, which was uh, really surprising to me and, and quite depressing. Um, and so I reached out to uh, to park run and, and was put in touch with uh, with uh, various people over here, including uh, Ewan Bowman as the country manager. Um, so I, I just wanted to try and help get a park run going, but at the same time, uh, they had just one person doing social media for the whole country. Uh, which is an unpaid uh, volun- voluntary role done by uh, Becky, Becky Maybury. And so they asked uh, if I would agree to take on some of that role with her. So myself uh, and my friend Amy, who's also part of the Downsview core team, she's also another social media ambassador for Canada. Uh, and then there's two other, two other uh, volunteers as well. So we just, you know, Parkrun Canada at the moment doesn't have any paid employees at all. Uh, result, they rely solely on, volu- on volunteers, not just for the events themselves, but for everything else. Um, so there's like four or five of us, and we just take sort of one week on, four weeks off, one week on, four weeks off, uh, covering the Instagram and the Facebook, uh, the website, the blogs, and uh, and so on. Uh, just trying to take the load off, um, take the load off Becky, so that she doesn't have to do everything. So. Uh, it's been it's been re- really rewarding. It's been great. You get to. Canada is a really big country, uh, you know, a bit like Australia. Um, so making sure that we communicate to everyone is really, you know, is really important. I think, and trying to get parkrun better known in the country. I mean, right now we're only averaging. Ooh, uh, in the summer, we'll probably be averaging maybe fifteen hundred runners in the whole country across all the events that we have, across the 40-so events that we have. Um, and, you know, we really need to try and grow that, and for one person to try and do it on their own is very, very difficult. So it's been really nice to, to help out with that and volunteer for that. And, yeah. Oh, fantastic.
13: And uh, perhaps you can also tell us about a recent event that happened here, which was uh, Canada's first Parkrun Ambassador Conference.
9: Yeah, so um, Park Run Canada has been really, really lucky in that we have a national sponsor, which is Saucony, um, and they uh, they have financial support and, and and you know the support of their publicity as well. But they they've uh, they they agreed to basically financially support the first ever Park Run Canada Ambassador Conference. So Park Run Canada has been going for around three and a half years, um, but obviously a very very large country, um, incredibly expensive to get ambassadors together uh, from across the, the whole country um, but, uh, but with Sorkin has helped me manage to do that so we all uh, flew out to Victoria in uh, British Columbia which is around uh, which is on an island uh, just near Vancouver out on the west coast and uh, we spent uh, around two two, or two and a half days together basically sort of planning the future of, of Park Run Canada trying to understand how we can grow Park Run uh, I don't like using the word, but you know, grow the brand of Parkrun, uh, you know, nationally uh, to get it from where it is right now, which is kind of a, a niche thing, which is still often only known by expats from Australia and New Zealand and the UK and so on, and try and get it really better known within the country of Canada. Um, also, as well, just to get ambassadors together so that we. Uh, that we could learn from the likes of James Kemp so James Kemp the global operations manager came over to help us ensure that uh, our park runs and newer park runs that come on stream are doing things the right way so making sure that as we grow and get bigger we don't run into problems that you know we could have uh, we could have avoided so making sure that just things like uh, you know no barcode no time no exceptions just reinforcing some of that um, Uh, reinforcing uh, what we can and cannot do on social media Um, uh, you know what we can and can do in terms of uh, being not being off-brand with sort of unofficial merchandise and stuff like that but you know things that that can crop up from time to time because you know most uh, most people who are involved in Parkrun Canada as volunteers you know I've never had any sort of interaction with anyone from Parkrun because of course we're a long way away uh, from from global, and you know we have great communication with them electronically. But it was really, it was really invaluable to spend that time together, learning from each other about what works at our events, what doesn't work, but also to learn from someone like James about you know how we can navigate the next growth period of of Park Run, not just globally but specifically within Canada. Um, and it was just really fascinating, apart from anything else, to get to know you know get to know all your ambassadors across country i mean canada is the second largest land mass on the planet and running a park run in say vancouver um which has a very you know temperate climate to say running one in regina or saskatchewan or saskatoon sorry where it can easily be minus 39 on any given day uh, it's been really interesting to exchange stories and, and, and best practice and so on so um, yeah that was an invaluable, invaluable experience yeah. Yeah, no that's great um, and I should actually just
13: mention too that uh, I did a run here on Boxing Day in the city of Hamilton where I was fortunate enough to meet Um, David Holloway who's the event director of North Bay Park Run which is a few hours north of Toronto and um, he was telling me about the uh, small numbers that they get there but they're plugging away still and trying to uh, keep things going up there which is fantastic to hear Um, Now I I think Mel and Scotty would also be uh, interested to know that um, you're a friend of the friend of the uh, Park Run Adventurers show in that um, you know uh, one of the mates from over in the UK
9: yeah, so um, I first probably came into contact with Park Run in, uh, uh, in Surbiton, uh, or was, uh, through the Running Club 26.2, uh, which some of your listeners will know is the best running club in Surbiton. Um, of course, a uh, friend of the show and uh, with me now host uh, Danny Norman. So that's probably most of my Park Runs historically have probably been with Danny uh, at Bushy in Kingston. I'm not quite as a big a tourist as Danny is these days. Um, bit difficult being a parkrun tourist in Canada, but now I'm. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's probably for how I first came into contact with the parkrun adventures was was really through Danny and, and first came into contact with parkrun really through Danny. Yeah. So. Oh,
13: that's fantastic! I'm sure he's going to uh, tune into this show a bit more often now to catch up with his mates in
9: Canada. Oh, I don't know. He's probably uh, he's probably uh, grateful for the blessed relief from my dulcet tones, but we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. If you are listening to this, Danny, you do have to come to Downsview though just you know you promised <laughs> yeah
13: i 'd highly recommend it danny it's it 's a good fast course, I think, uh, slightly undulating, but uh, I think you 'd probably be able to uh, get out a good run here and i 'm um, sure uh, if you came during the summer or the fall um, or on a snowy day uh, in the winter it'd be spectacular um, but uh, look, I think that 's uh, it for now from Downsview and um, hopefully i 'll be able to bring you another report. Uh, next weekend from another event in Canada and um, look forward to uh, getting back to Australia soon and um, running in some warmth. So uh, thanks a lot Lawrence and um, fantastic job here and uh, all the best for the continued future of Downsview Parkrun. Thank you very nice talking to you. Uh, g'day Parkrun adventurers, Happy New Year. It's the G-Train here coming to you from River Oaks Parkrun in Oakville in Canada uh, I've just done it myself, it's a very lovely course, a bit of a uh, uh, bitumen path for the first uh, 500 or so metres and it goes into a lovely little trail through the woods and around a baseball course and uh, a baseball field, um, double loop, uh, quite a lot of fun. And um, I'm here with the co-event directors, Joanne and Chris, and I might just get them to uh, tell you a little bit about
11: River Oaks. Uh, sure, yeah, so we've been going for almost 18 months now at uh, River Oaks here in uh, the middle of uh, Oakville. And uh, we've really been pleased with the community we've been able to build here. We've got a great community of uh, people that have come from other parts of the world, sometimes uh, having done parkrun before. Uh, many people that have uh doing parkrun for the first time here in the city of Oakville. And uh, really very, very pleased with the great community we've been able to build in the 18 months we've been running so. Thanks, Chris. And
13: um, we last ran together two years ago at Beach Trip, where at that time there were only... Two park runs here in the uh, Greater Toronto area, and now we're up to about, uh, it's probably about six or seven, I
11: would say. Yeah, six or seven, yeah. It's been great to see the park run grow in the city of Toronto or in the Toronto area, and uh, I think it's becoming quite a good uh, park run destination for tourists to come to you now because we've got quite a choice of different types of park runs. Yeah, and uh, one of the
13: things about small events as they're getting started, you do get a lot of tourists coming along. Um, where's the, uh, what sort of people have you had coming along as tourists?
11: Wow, we've had tourists from uh, just about all parts of the world, I think. Uh, We've had uh, tourists, a lot of people from the UK, a lot of South Africans. There's a strong South African community here in Oakville. Uh, I myself am from South Africa and we seem to uh, bring our people along with us. Uh, But we've had lots of Australians, a good uh, contingent of Australians. And we've actually even had a couple of people out from places like uh, Poland and uh, Germany, actually. Oh, fantastic. And uh, what got you into Parkrun, Joe?
7: Oh, I have a park-running family in the UK, and so they had encouraged me when I decided to uh, get a little fitter that I could try park run at a beach strip, and uh, so I was hooked after that.
13: Oh, fantastic. And you're Canadian yourself?
7: Uh, British by birth and became a Canadian this year.
13: Okay. Then. Oh well. After 21 years. It can take a while. It took my wife. It took my wife uh, about uh, 18 years to become an Australian because uh, she's from Canada originally. Um, but uh, yeah, so I actually haven't uh, spoken with any um, people born in Canada since I've been here on this trip, which is funny enough. Um, but uh, whereas last time um, they were all Canadians getting involved in, it, which was fantastic to see. Um, now, we've got another event happening this morning over at Medivale. Um, so this is the second year of you doing the uh, the New Year's double with Meadowvale. How has that been going this year?
7: Oh, we really feel as though we're such a, a partnership and a family with the, the parkrun at Medivale. Uh, we came on board within the same year. And, uh, yeah, so we've got quite the relationship built there. And it, it's a fun time to get together and uh, and sort of expand people's uh, experience of parkrun.
13: Fantastic. Now, speaking of uh, getting over to that double, I uh, need to get over there myself, so I might uh, wrap this one up. Uh, Thanks very much for having me, Joanne and Chris, and uh, we hope to see you down in Australia sometime.
7: Oh, that would be nice. That would be lovely. (laughs) Hopefully
11: it would be warmer than here.
13: (laughs) It it usually tends to be. (laughs) Thanks, folks. G'day again Parkrun adventurers. I'm now at Midavale Park Parkrun for the second part of the double um, where they've allowed me the honour of being the run director today so it gives me a bit of time to do some more interviews and I'm here with the Swirsky sisters who are volunteering today and I'll get them to introduce themselves. Hi I'm Roxanne Swirsky.
6: Carolyn Swirsky.
13: And uh, so I've finally gotten some uh, Canadians to talk to at uh, the different parkruns I've been at because uh, as I was saying earlier, so far everyone else I've spoken to has been either from uh, the UK or from South Africa. Uh, now, a little bit of an unofficial milestone today, but a special one because it's uh, Roxanne's 50th volunteering effort. So we're very thankful for that. What got you into uh, Parkrun, Roxanne?
7: Well, you know, I, I saw the Parkrun advertised in our political councillors, our city councillors newsletter, and I wonder what that's about. My sister brought me out, and now it's my way of giving back to the community, which is fantastic.
13: That's fantastic. And uh, how about you, Caroline?
6: Caroline I, I have um, an interest in running and getting in shape. Uh, Parkrun came along at a perfect time. We came out and met the people that started it and have been here ever since.
13: Awesome. And uh, what can you tell me about um, the Park Parkrun?
7: Well, it's a small park run, but it's a beautiful community park around a, a man-made reservoir lake, which gives us a really nice uh, views and some challenging hills. So I think there's a variety of a course, and it's great for those who want to walk and for those who want to run.
13: And uh, I did this course on my uh, first week in, on this trip to Canada a few weeks ago. And um, it, uh, yes, as uh, Roxanne said, it's around a man-made lake. All of the park runs I've done here so far have been beside water, except for one, which, uh, funnily enough, is called nautical park run. So, there's <laughs> a bit of Canadian humour there, perhaps. And and what's your favourite part about park run, Carolyn?
6: I love park run because it's all inclusive. You have runners, you have walkers, we have families, and it's just a great sense of family community time together.
13: Fantastic. And uh, we've got a lot of runners coming past now, so we might get back to uh, cheering them on and uh, see who we can chat to later on. Thanks. G'day again uh, Park Run Adventures, I'm still here at uh, Meadowvale and I've found a couple of uh, tourists from Australia so I'm here with Caden and Nicole who have both done over 250 runs themselves and uh, they've, they were at the uh, double earlier at uh, River Oaks as well so I'll just get them to give their impressions of uh, running in Canada.
9: It's cold, it's really cold but like the snow's good and the weather's nice mostly but yeah it's, it's good.
13: What about you, Nicole? How did you find it?
4: It's very different to running in Australia. I ended up walking just so I knew I didn't get injured, but it's lovely just to see the snow. And we did Snow Angels on the way around on this one, and yeah, we've had a great time.
13: Fantastic. Yeah, there isn't actually a great deal of snow around, and the paths are all clear, but there's still a little bit of ice out there. Did you have any issues with that?
4: Uh, he had, Caden had a great time sliding across all the ice. He thought that was fantastic. I just very carefully walked across it.
13: And um, now I know that you're here with your uh, family, Caden, where's the rest of them? Not a clue. I think they're sitting in the car right now,
3: in the, in the warmth. <laughs> yeah, but
13: yeah. And do you think you'll um, ever get them out uh, for a winter park run? No, not, not a chance. That's definitely not a winter one. Three more
4: coming
13: in. And where's your uh, home park run in Australia?
4: Rockingham, Western Australia.
13: And how many park runs have you done there?
4: uh about 240 i suppose but we're up to about 257 each after today
13: that's great and where else have you uh, gotten to on this trip for uh, park parkrun um
3: washington
4: roosevelt island parkrun in washington and then the double today
13: fantastic oh well, it's great to see you here and lovely to meet you and uh maybe we'll see you back in australia one day we'll
4: try yes thank you
13: okay parkrun adventurers i'm here now having a post parkrun coffee at uh, tim horton's with Lawrence, who's one of the co-event directors at Meadowvale Parkrun, and his wife, Vicky, who is one of the run directors there. And I might throw to Vicky first, because she's the one who got Lawrence involved into Parkrun.
14: Oh, well, we headed to Sydney a few years ago for my 50th birthday, and I told him to look for a 5 or a 10K run, and nothing was happening in Sydney, but he discovered this thing called Parkrun, and off we headed to St Peter's for his first ever event uh, six years ago. And lo and behold, now we run our own course in Canada.
13: That's right. And um, we were just having a discussion earlier about uh, sponsors of Parkrun. And in Canada, it's the uh, shoe running shoemaker Socony is their major sponsor. And I was telling Lawrence and Vicky about some of the previous sponsors that we've had in Australia, one of them being TomTom. Tom. And uh, Vicky had a wires cross and uh, thought it related to uh, a certain biscuit in Australia, which uh, I'm sure most of you can uh, probably work that out. Um, now, as well as it being the, uh, the double today uh, with River Oaks and Meadowvale for the New Year's Day, Lawrence uh, had the uh, good fortune to hit a milestone. If you want to tell us about that, Lawrence.
12: Well, uh, today I managed to do my 99th and 100th park run.
13: That's fantastic, and most of those have been done at Meadowvale, and you've also run in a couple of other spots, and I noticed one which uh, sort of took my interest, um, apart from your first one being at St Peter's in Sydney, but uh, I believe you've run on uh, Guernsey as well.
12: Yes, it was. we went for a family reunion there two years ago, and I guess being a good parkrun tourist, first thing I looked was, is there a parkrun there? And lo and behold, there was, so... The basic plan was, no matter what else is uh, going on that weekend, I have to be in this location at nine in the morning.
13: And for those that don't know it, Guernsey is one of the channel islands uh, between uh, the UK and France, in the English Channel. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that park run? Because probably not too many of our listeners will get an opportunity to get there. It's an uh, out-and-back twice
12: course that's on the beach and uh, goes across uh, grassy sand dunes and the one thing that stood out for me in the runner's brief which i'd never heard before was we were told we tried to fill in as many as we can but watch out for the rabbit holes <laughs> so that was that was quite a unique thing
13: oh, so there's another um bit of wildlife that we need to watch out for so we've got uh, magpies and snakes in australia and uh coyotes in Canada and deer as well and uh, rabbit holes on the Guernsey Islands. Um, now I would also like to thank Medivale Park Run. Um, they allowed me the honour of being the run director today which um, I was very privileged, felt very privileged to be able to do um, so I'm very appreciative of the team there. Um, can you tell us a bit more about uh, how many events have, uh, you've had in Medivale and uh, what got you started? I think today would have been is our
12: 89th event, and it was basically it was starting up at Park Run because we were trying to get something going in the nearest big city of Toronto, and nothing was happening there for a while. We were running into issues with permits, and I just thought, okay, I live in the neighbouring city of Mississauga. Let's see if I can get something going there. And initially, I was actually just trying to be part of the core team for Toronto. And Next thing I know, I'm getting things going in Mississauga. City was on board from day one and issuing the permits, etc. Scouted out a couple of locations. And next thing I know, I'm suddenly the event director. And it wasn't quite what I was planning,
13: but I'm more than happy to do it. And you've got a co-event director in um, Darren as well. And uh, he couldn't be with us today, uh, but he was at the events earlier and uh, like yourself, he's from the UK originally. Um, one of the things that is noticeable here, I guess, on this trip is that uh, the first time I came to Canada um, since Park Run began was that the events at uh, Beach Trip and Whitby were started by Canadians, but um, fortunately all the other ones, or oh, interestingly all the other ones that I've been at so far have been started by either uh, uh, people from the UK or South Africa. Do you think that there is going to be more of a growth of uh, Canadians Uh, starting at parkruns as well?
12: I think that's happening in some of the other locations that are around the Toronto area. We have Victoria Kitchener, which I believe is set up by uh, local Canadians, and Guelph, which is nearby as well. Those are all Canadian run. So I think it's just a case of as word spreads and more people get to know and hear about Parkrun, then more locals will take it on themselves to try and get something set up in their local community.
13: And I'm looking at heading to um, Victoria Kitchener next weekend and uh, Guelph on the weekend after, so it'll be good to have a chat with some people there. The, um, the event today was fantastic. Uh, you almost hit 50 runners today, which was fantastic. Um, what have the numbers been like so far at uh, Medival Vicky?
14: Well, we started out with about five people and uh, recruited some friends who were runners, and we've surpassed 50 once and generally we have in the winter a dozen to 20 people but most of this this last summer there's been almost well over 40 most most weeks when it's warm and sunny it's going to be minus 20 pretty soon and it'll be only the dedicated crazy runners who will come out at that time
13: Unfortunately, I'll be back in Australia then, so I guess I'll have to miss it this time. Um, But it's a great course at Medivale, running around a lake, um, as it does, which was uh, frozen over today, I noticed, which uh, always looks very nice and interesting. Uh, No birds on it today, Um, whereas there were some last week Who, when I was here a couple of weeks ago and they were standing on the ice just below the surface of the water, so it looked as though they were standing on the water itself. Um, But anyway, it's been fantastic coming along here and um, this is my second time at the Meadowvale today. I ran here a few weeks ago and quite enjoyed it and uh, thanks once again for uh, looking after me and uh, we hope to see you again soon.
14: Congratulations on your 100th volunteer as well today here at Meadowvale. We loved having you.
13: Um, Thank you
12: Australia for introducing me to Parkrun. (laughs) Thanks everyone. See ya.
0: Thanks, Melissa Ellis and Cam Drake, for your roving reports from Wallaby Track and Dawesville. And also thanks to Irene and Path for putting us on the other side of the microphone at Lockheel. That was a little bit of a different experience.
1: And a couple of great uh, roving reports there from the G Train, who's um, making a big dent in all the Canadian events. And it's amazing, Australia's been um, going through a little bit of fire and you look at his pictures and they're all covered in ice and snow, Uh, probably more amazing, Mel, he's he's actually even got into volunteering over there and been a run director at a Canadian event. I reckon that's a really cool thing, if you pardon the icy pun, but that's a really cool thing to do while you're away on holidays.
0: Very special indeed and not too many people would have even probably thought of it, um, let alone gone through with it and contributed through volunteering on New Year's Day in another country. Very impressive. Love your work, G-Train, and keep the roving reports coming, loving those too. Talk, let's talk about some lighthearted stuff.
1: Well, Mel, I've, I've got a really cracker of one to go on with. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but over Christmas, the, the Running Challenges website updated and... Uh, if you haven't been on board and had a look, get onto it. Have a look at the map. Um, it's incredible. They've split the whole world up into to little segments, and I think it's called a voronoid diagram.
0: I have seen the, the maps talk. I'm a very visual person, so I love uh, to see pretty colours and things. Um, these ones are very interesting to look at. Have you done a bit of a dig to find out more about them can you give us some more details
1: so i have been doing a bit of a dig and having a look and for those that haven't logged into their running challenges and had a look that every park run has an area assigned around it Uh, and so the world is essentially split up into a grid and when you complete the park run they shade it green so it automatically shades it green and i'm just having a look and like at my Victoria map, I've got a few dots there that I need to finish, but I'm looking at the linkages across. And where the green joins, you can play almost like Tetris or Blockbusters where I could see I want to go and connect some of those dots up now and try to make a bit of a game of, of parkrun like that. And I'm just wondering, you know, is there anyone that's actually been able to connect like up the East Coast or from the West Coast to the East Coast on the parkrun on their map, I'd, I'd love to, to know if anyone's actually managed to do that because when you have a look at some of the urban areas like Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne, there's just very small grids. But if you have a look at the size of the grid that's around Kalgoorlie, it, it's huge. So you can connect east to west with a couple of really big dots there.
0: It's very impressive. Kalgoorlie does have a big, big chunk and... Um, the, the WA events in general, <laughs> they've got lots of big chunks that they can take. Obviously, not the ones in the Perth area.
1: So, I think if you're a, um, a capital city park runner, you're going to have some, some very small dots and you're not going to fill in a big map. Um, I think if you're from regional Australia, you'd be surprised at how quick you can connect up a few of the dots. There's a couple of them there that have just really, really big chunks. And it's interesting to see the way. They're they're split up, Um, particularly, you know, Darwin or Northern Territory has got some really big ones as well, as you'd expect, because it's a long way between park runs. I think Kunanara has just a massive dot that runs all the way across to Indonesia. But you can actually play connect the dots right across the world. So, as I said, it'd be interesting to see if anyone can go north to south in Australia or east to west but it would be interesting to see if anybody's done events such as Karin, Kananara and then has done one in Indonesia where it connects up or into Malaysia, Singapore. And when you look at some of those dots, some of the…
0: It would be cool to bridge bridge across to New Zealand as well. I've got Vanuatu covered, <laughs> which is a pity. I think we need a park run in Vanuatu.
1: <sighs> yeah, my uh, Marimbula. Takes me about halfway to New Zealand, and so I think it'd be—it's just really interesting to have a look at some of these dots um, and the area that they cover. And some of them just cover, cover a massive area, and some of them quite a small little dot. Depends on your cluster of park runs around you. You can get from Malaysia into Russia in two park runs. That's very impressive. So if you've done Temenpura, Ulu and one in Russia that connect. You're halfway across the world in two park runs. So, yeah, I think everyone should get onto the running challenges, and just have a look and see their dots because I've started looking at it and thinking, oh, if I do that park run, it's going to connect up with those two dots. And uh, yeah, my Tetris game's complete. I,
0: I like how you want to sort of connect and and do a whole cluster together, whereas I'm like, oh, I want one that's going to be responsible for me also you know, having a chunk of the the South Pole. (laughs) I don't care if it joins anything else or not. I just want to go do the event that gets me a slice of the ice.
1: I'm sorry, Melissa. I was not going to mention that one because of past history, but there is an event in the south of Tasmania Uh, that does take up a significant chunk. But have you done Margaret River?
0: I have. And I'm looking, I'm just zoomed in now. It's got me, it's got me down. I've got a bit of ice.
1: Margaret River gets you down into the ice, so that one will count.
0: Excellent. Now I need to go find one. I want one on the other side. I want some North Pole action going on too. I'm going to have to get me to Europe, I reckon.
1: And I'll tell you what, if you can get to the one in the Falkland Islands, you get about half the world in one park run. <laughs> it's got the biggest block of them all, I think.
0: Well, I reckon if you if you've managed to get to the Falkland Islands, you deserve it.
1: Yep. Yeah, Although it is still a UK park run. Well, Technically. Technically.
0: That's very cool. Thanks, Andy and Laura. I love, love the new fun things that you guys come up with.
1: I think the Running Challenges website has really revolutionized the way we think about park runs. Mel, I think, you know, things like having your Wilson Index and your P Index and your V Index and everything else all in one spot. Uh, I love it. It's, it's a great website. Yeah. so while I've got you... Your New Year's Eve park or your New Year's Day park run, you've done your J in South Australia. I noticed that you've only got a couple of letters to go and one of them's probably the most significant number or letter in the alphabet. That's your I. So any plans? When do we get to see you at Inverloch?
0: Oh, I was going to say, why is it the most
1: significant? I don't understand.
0: <laughs> there's plenty of eyes all over the place.
1: Um, yeah, but there's only one that's always sunny. This is true. And there's one that has a big stump. You know, we, yes. We've got everything covered.
0: Okay. Do you know where I might be able to stay if I ventured down that way?
1: I know somewhere you could stay very close to Inverloch that uh, you'd be more than welcome to co- come and bring Emmett and Wes and Adam down too.
0: I'll get that information off you offline at a later. I mean, we don't want to tell everyone because it sounds like it's a, a bit of a best-kept secret. So. um <laughs> Thank you, Toc, for joining me for the first episode of Season 5 of the Parkrun Adventurers. It's going to be an interesting season, this one. We've got a, a fairly early Palm this season, so it's only a couple of months away now. Are you getting excited for it?
1: No, I'm really getting excited. It's going to be great to catch up with everyone again. South Australia is always a wonderful destination to head to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to catching up with a couple of South Australian friends that we've got over there. Uh, I probably just need to get onto the booking, the accommodation, everything else, but not nah, really excited to get over there and, uh, catch up with a heap of people. I think it's going to be a cracker of an adventure.